we have a bit of a problem. Yeah? Well, for those who listened to last week's episode, we might have mentioned at the end of the episode, jokingly, quotation marks, we I have a clone named Caleb 2 who lives in the yeah. bathroom. Okay. Well, I went to use the cold freezing bathroom earlier, and he got out. He didn't get to the surge, did he? I don't know. No, the surge can's okay. still there. I think we would have known <laughs> if he got to the surge. Um, I heard some kind of howling outside, and he is he split. <laughs> I'm hoping he goes more <laughs> of the original Frankenstein route, where he just goes lives in somebody's fucking hut for a little bit and gets really smart. Yeah. The oath rips the arm off the little girls. Yeah, I don't like kids anyway. But, uh, yeah, I don't... What if he doesn't go that route? Then what do we do? Then we just got to... A hulking Brock Lesnar shaped Caleb too, <laughs> who in the face kind of looks like me. So people will think like, "Oh, Caleb must have been roiding up, and now he's he's causing a mayhem in the neighborhood." And I just moved here in the summer. Yeah. I don't want to get kicked out. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna do about that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! I don't have a genetic like doppelganger clone running around causing mayhem anywhere. Well. <laughs> You remember when Mindy <laughs> cut your hair and also that one time I took your blood because I said the DPW bank needed it? That wasn't true <laughs> oh, okay. at all. So, uh, Spencer, too, <laughs> is uh, he's incubating. Okay. Not in my bathroom, obviously. That'd be weird yeah. to have him with Caleb, too, yeah. in the bathroom. But See, here's the original plan is for the clone. Is he down in the shed? I mean, is it the, the, are, you, are you asking, did I dig a special uh, uh, compartment under uh, the shed? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be one of those days where you open up the shed, but it's just a hidden door to an underground, like, lab. Yeah, not so much a lab. It's just, like, a dirt room. But, uh, it's fine. Anyway, my goal with the cloning, which obviously went awry, was... So we didn't have to do this podcast anymore. Oh. The clones could do the podcast. Well, I thought, couldn't, like, couldn't the clones just work for us? Do what? I mean, like, our jobs. Hmm. I didn't think of that. Um, for us to do, like, more of the podcast and the writing and the reading and, and that stuff. Maybe, so. but I feel like if we did that, then the clones would eventually want our lives, and then we get killed, oh, okay. and they take over because they're clones. And there's also a chance of them doing the job better than us, too. Well, that's a guarantee, um, because they'd be fresh at it. They wouldn't have all the years of... Uh, neglect from the management and mm. you know everything that comes along with the working life also they probably at least in my job i would imagine some people would get killed because i'm not <laughs> teaching caleb too how to drive <laughs> yeah. let alone a giant truck so matter of fact i don't think your job would be very safe either no. for uh spencer too <laughs> for a reason spencer too doesn't have much of a top head but he's yeah. all jaw yeah. <laughs> like, like quadruple <laughs> jay leno <laughs> these guys are really ugly <laughs> We're like french fried potato. You know be the biggest kick in the nuts <laughs> after we kick fucking Caleb 2 and Spencer 2 to the curb because obviously we're not keeping the mutant clones as they go start their own writing career. They're <laughs> yes. wildly successful. Yeah. This is our podcast way better than us. And, uh, <laughs> fucking, I, 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 I don't like it. Uh, they would have like inebriated pencil sketchings <laughs> or something. Uh, It'd be the clone cast. <laughs> we should just start recording episodes as our doppelgangers <laughs> for the clone cast. Welcome to the DPW clone cast. Today we're talking about butts. Mm. Do you like them? Or do you think they poop too much? Uh, do people, I don't know why anyone would tune into this podcast after hearing these shenanigans. Like the surge bit, 
I, I thought it was going to tank the podcast. Yeah, that was just going to be the end. But it didn't. If anything, it gained us oh, like at least three <laughs> listeners in Surge Bekistan. Well, now we got to talk about books, right? I think that's what we're doing. Howdy, y'all. You're listening to the Drug and Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Queensland Quick Queefer Church. It's hard with the cues. Yeah. Queensland Quick Queefer. That was hard. It's easier to say it fast. So not only am I somehow able to queef, but I can do it very rapidly. You do it with some speed and gusto. I like it. Um, why you do it? I don't know. I must be Canadian. <laughs> Canadian? Because oh, because yeah, the queef sisters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, man. I guess that's not obscure. I feel like that's more obscure because that's like newer South Park, and a lot of people don't quote newer South Park. Today we are. If you read the title, you already know. I guess this is just book of the month, right? We're just, I don't know. Let's make a book of the month and talk about both. We are talking about Slaughterhouse 5, but also we're doing something different. We have the graphic novel adaptation. So, Slaughterhouse 5 is by Kurt Vonnegut, as everybody knows. But the. Is Albert Monty the. um, Did they both write this? I. um, The graphic novel. Who put this out? Because this is really good. Is this Image? uh, No, it's Arcada. Oh, Archaea? Archaea. Slash, they're they're like a a a, a secret like a thing of a boom. Oh, okay. They're like one of their like kind of like oh, I think like they merge together yeah. at some point. Well, before we even start, I just highly recommend anybody pick up the graphic ad uh graphic novel adaptation by Ryan North and Albert Montes. It is you said Akea. That's the uh yeah, and then it's the Slaughterhouse Five or the Children's Crusades, which is the alternate name for Slaughterhouse Five. Just to give a quick summary, because we don't need to really break all this shit down. It's a story, like, Slaughterhouse-Five is one of the most famous anti-war novels of all time. It's um, actually about Kurt Vonnegut's, he lived through the Dresden bombing, which is at the time was like the biggest bombing in Europe. It might still be the biggest bombing in, you know, European history. He uh, lived through that, and they survived by staying in a slaughterhouse number five. That's where the title comes from. But the story, like, that's the only thing, like, the war part is off of Kurt Vonnegut's life, which I like in the graphic novel, novel they actually have Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> yeah, in there. there. Yeah. That was really fun. But um, it's about a man named Billy Pilgrim. He is, uh, I kind of say, like a petite man. He's, he's like, long and skinny, gangly. Before reading the graphic novel, whenever I was reading just the, the regular novel, I had the, um, I can't think of his name, but he was the... Uh, he was like the white guy in uh in the Black Panther movie. He was like the CIA um uh like agent guy who like helped him out. He was also he's like uh he plays Holmes in uh or not Holmes but um Watson on the BBC America Sherlock. I kind of know who you're talking about, but it, I don't remember that guy. He was name. like in the first season of Fur- uh of Fargo too. Um, just um he was in the Hobbit. He was the Hobbit. I do believe he was the Hobbit. The ho- yeah, the, the, the one of the Hobbits or the Hobbit. The, the Hob the Hobbit from the the prequel movies. 
You literally, other than the actual Black Panther movie, every single thing you just named, I've never watched. I never watched Fargo, the, the you show. Should, I think you would my like sister, Fargo. My sister always tells me I need to. I've never watched Watson. I don't watch Doctor Who. I don't watch fucking the Hobbit. I never saw The Hobbit. I, was like, you just named I never watched The Hobbit. I didn't. You would love it. It's about short guys in the woods. With big feet. Big hairy feet. But anyways, just like that guy, Um, just because like he's been able to play like kind of like smaller, easily intimidated kind of like, you know, kind of person. Yes. Yeah, we'll go continue. I just want to endure the silence. Just stare at you. Um, as I ramble. As you ramble about some guy. I don't know his name. Um, I guess I could have been if I could help and actually looked it up, but I don't want to. Yeah. So, Billy Pilgrim is a prisoner of war in World War II, which is not really much of a fighter anyway. And he ends up in a prison camp with a bunch of very cheery Englishmen, by the way. And then they send him to Slaughterhouse 5. But it was before that, right? Actually, I think it was right before they got captured. He uh, gets unstuck in time for the first time. For the first time, and then what that leads to is one of the most interesting time travel. Sto- I guess you just go with time travel stories I've read. Yeah. But like the actual mechanics of the time travel is cool because he ends like it goes through all parts of his life and also a time he spent with these aliens. He was in a zoo. Uh, he eventually gets a lady who joins him in the zoo, so it's just a zoo of two, and they have a kid in there. And I and I don't know about you, but I I also I feel like once he gets unstuck in time, whenever he goes to see, like whenever he time travels to a certain part of his life, like that's not the first time he's tra- yeah. he's traveled to that part of his life. Like, well, the aliens explain it, and the graphic novel adaptation I think does a better job of showing how things work. But the way the aliens explain it to uh, Billy Pilgrim is that time is just like a it's just like a big stretch that you could just for them they could just point to wherever they would want to go. So, say you had a birthday party in your thirties, they could just go watch that and they would enjoy it because he asked them like about death and you know like what happens you know when you, everybody dies right? Mm-hmm. And they're like yeah, but we just choose or and he was asking them like we it's like a very peaceful alien culture you guys don't have any wars like humans and like well we do we just choose not to ever look at those yeah we, we ignore those yeah we just ignore so they just ignore like their deaths and things like that so they'll just keep going to the zoo and see them but how many times did they see them in the zoo mm-hmm. fucking infinite uh they just keep going and, back and looking whatever they want they also explain that all explain it as like because that all periods in time exist at the same, same time, time yeah so that no matter, like, even that when you die, that you're still very much alive. Yeah. You, at, if you die, you're alive in all these other parts yeah. of your time. I forget what the quote was, but there was, a, a part in the, there was a part in the book where they say something along the lines of, um, you know, even though you die, you're alive more than you're dead. Yeah. I mean, I guess after you die. I don't know if it really explained, like, did they, can they see things from after their death? Or is it just, like, your life is the, the time stretch? I guess it would be just your life because they can't go like before they were born. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so literally in, in the novel version, and it's kind of like that in the graphic novel. It's a little more spaced out. But in the novel version, it's literally every other paragraph he'll be in a different time of his yeah. life sometimes. And it's really interesting. Sounds like it shouldn't work at all, um, especially for the fact that it's more of a literary novel than it is a sci-fi novel. 
And, and considering them when it was written, too. Yeah, um, I don't have the exact date, but, like, 1950? Yeah, like, that, like, that, like, that idea seems like, like, almost like a now idea. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting, and, uh, like, I really, really enjoyed the book. And, uh, like, the, the main thing is, so it goes. Yeah. And whenever, they did that in the graphic novel, too. Anytime somebody dies or something dies, Please. it comes from the aliens who, when something dies, they just go, so it goes, because they can see all time, so it doesn't really matter. Like, when you die, it's not that important. So, anytime there was death, which in the war, there's a lot of death, it's just, so it goes. Mm. What Vonnegut was doing with that was he was making it out to be that, it, like, death is so commonplace, it's not a big deal, even though to us humans it's a big deal. And I think that was just kind of a way to uh, kind of show the dehum like, like the lack of humanity in war, because like there's so much death and stuff, especially World War Two, that if you really stop to focus on it, which I think a couple parts Billy Pilgrim he goes like kind of mad. Yeah, he ends up in a loony bin actually a couple times. Yeah, he has PTSD real bad. He ends up in a loony bin. But Vonnegut he plays it very cool. He plays it like death isn't a big deal, but clearly. You know, Billy Pilgrim, He even though he can see the future and stuff, he has the post-traumatic stress disorder, and then he deals with a lot of people that have those issues. It's very interesting. Like, they brought up the uh, school teacher who was in the prison camp with them, and then he ends up getting, like, shot. This is just a lot of really cool shit like that, though. I really enjoy, like, the time travel aspects. Because I never thought of time travel as, like you said, you know, everything exists at the same time. It's just a matter of, like, flipping a page in a book. Yeah, because there's no time machine. There's no, like, magic watch you're wearing. There's, it's, like, literally sometimes within, like, a blink of an eye. Yeah. He's someplace else. Yeah, he'll be sitting there, which neither version of this, it, it really described if he had a control over it. Or at least that I remember. If he it doesn't had, seem like it. I don't think he really can. Whereas the aliens seem like they can control it. He would just randomly be somewhere else. Maybe you just think of something and then you end up there. Reading it, it almost kind of it kind of reminded me of that you know that award winning Adam Sandler movie Click. Yeah. Of like kind of like whenever he would fast forward in time, like he didn't like yeah. Except you know Billy would have memories from whenever from going. Yeah. Because that was some, something I was I was kind of running as we reading it. Like I wonder, because anytime when if he 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 time travels and he travels to some place where there's like people around him, they're always like, hey, you know, like hey, he's like uh, he's like staring off. Yeah. Until when he comes back, and it's like so. Like I always wonder, like I wonder, like what what Billy was doing before he timed, like what his self was doing before he time travel to himself like you know yeah. what i mean yeah is he just like auto mode i mean technically he lived every part of his life but that's the weird thing because if he came became unstuck in time that means he always was unstuck in time yeah. after that period right so because yeah, he even travels back to time to when he was like a kid and yeah was, and his dad threw him into the pool yeah it was just very interesting reading like or you know reading about somebody's life too where it's so spaced out because what vonnegut would do is he would show like some horrible thing during the war and then go to all of a sudden you're just at a happier time in Billy's life. Yeah. Or he survives a plane crash when he's older. He's the only survivor. And then they would like, he would end up going back either to the war and they would do something like what horror, how it matches against the horror, like a mirroring effect. Um, that would be like a time about to the war and then they're flashed to a time where he's like an older man and he's talking about these aliens. And you're like, oh yeah? 
and then they just jump back and just yeah. and just leave it alone for however long, and you know, go back to the war stuff or whatever. And like, when he's work. older, he tries to tell people, and they think he's just an old crank, like he's just out of his mind. And it does seem like too, when he was getting older, like he was getting crazier. Yeah. Uh, um, it just, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like the zoo parts too were really weird because he liked being in the zoo, mm. kind of. Well. I always wondered, like, and, and I'm surprised, and I guess it would have been the easier way to be that the the aliens had some way of to deal with him being unstuck in time. Ex- yeah. But they, but but they don't. It's just for some reason you don't know why, you don't know how. Yeah, it's not he, explained. He just becomes unstuck in time. They, I think they just said something like that yeah, happens sometimes. Yeah. They just didn't really care. That was the weird thing about the aliens, which in the graphic novel version, I think you mentioned this off air before. That's not how you thought they would look. Yeah, uh, well, which, because I, well, I don't know how I thought they would look because I thought in the book they described them as like you couldn't make them out because of them being in the fourth dimension. Yeah, something kind, weird kind, kind of thing. But in the in the graphic novel, they're like these like big hand creatures with eyes and in, in the middle mm. of the palms. Well, there's also a character in the book. Uh, What's his name? Kilgore Trout. Yeah. When uh, Billy Pilgrim's in the loony bin, he he, I think another guy from the surface is there, and that guy reads a lot of sci-fi, and he turns Billy Pilgrim on like a bad sci-fi yeah. too. This Kilgore Trout guy writes like really interesting stories, but he's a very shitty writer. Well, in the the graphic novel, what they did was they made it out like comics, so they'll actually have a couple pages of one of Kilgore Trout stories as a comic, and. uh Again, very terrible, most of them, but they're, they're well, pretty fun. Well, it's like I told you, like, how mad did that make you feel that, like, just, like, Kurt Vonnegut's, like, throwaway ideas that he did for this comic were just, like, yeah. were they, for, like, those novels would just be like, I want to read those. Or yeah. I, I would, what can I ever think of anything that interesting, like? I want to be that cool and write fun stuff. I'm trying to. Until I read the graphic novel, I forgot how many great characters were in this book, too. Yeah. But the way, because of the time travel stuff, they really just come and go. You never really follow up with most of them. Some of them, you get their, like, their death and stuff, but, uh... And, and the art does a really good job of helping to, like, uh... Because remember that one uh, podcast I told you I was listening to with the writer? Uh, he was talking about the artists, like, uh... Whenever they're in the, um, in the, uh, what is it? Is it, is it honey? Is it a honey factory? Or what's the maple or, um. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Not there. Is it maple syrup? It's like an offshoot product or so. Something that has like a lot of nutrients yeah. in it. But yeah, like, kind of like maple syrup. Uh, but like whenever, like whenever Billy took the spoonful and like he chained, like he, like he brightened up. Mm-hmm. And whenever the teacher, he like, he, whenever he gave him some, he brightened up too, just like of, uh. Just like cool, thick. The artist does a cool way of uh, different storytelling things to yeah. enhance like parts of the stories and stuff like that. Yeah, I like the way they were able, to, like when they had their uh, weird musical. Because um, the English guys were kind of living like kings in the prison camp yeah. because, like, whatever. Uh, what was it? It was like the Red Cross or something like that sent them a bunch of supplies, but they sent way too many on accident. Yeah. So the English guys are just living it up and they're just playing like Cinderella or weird shit. Uh, I just like how in the art, the storytelling through the art is they were just able to show, like, the joy these guys were having in such a miserable time. But then it cuts to Billy, who's laughing. But then they realize, wait, he's laughing too hard. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, he's having a manic episode. And he, just, he just loses his shit. He's just, again, the post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. He's just fucking freaking out. Well, and then there was a scene... Uh... 
where it's just like he's. I think when they're still in the uh, in the train carts, and he's trying to find some place to sleep, and they're like, "No, he's scream like, and kick it." Yeah, he's like, "Either I do like and yeah." So there's like a lot of they they do a lot of stuff like like with that. Well, with the visual aspect of the graphic novel, I think you get a better depiction of Billy. Because, like, in the book, it's written kind of like how the graphic novel is, where Billy just seems like a kind of a calm, you know, normal-mannered guy for the most part. At the beginning, he's clearly very depressed, but again, it's played off like just whatever. Like, he wants, I think he just wants to, like, die or kill himself pretty much. But the way it's played off, it doesn't seem like it's that depressing, yeah. even though he's, like, walking in the fucking snowy... Where were, was it, were they in Russia yet? Or Europe somewhere? Somewhere. Germany, right? Germany, maybe. Yeah, wherever they were... Um, Anyway, they were wandering through the fucking snow, and he has, like, a fucking hole in his boot, and, like, just everything sucks for him. He's wearing, like, a shitty coat that the Germans gave him or something. But, uh, like, he's so depressed, and it's just played off, like, you know, just whatever, Billy being normal or something. But he's not normal. He's, like, he has all these emotions throughout this whole book that aren't really shown. Yeah. And that kind of gives you, like, like even with the, like, you mentioned the staring thing, like, when he goes through time, people are like, hey, you just kind of stare, you know, stared off there for a minute. That reminds me of, like, the thousand-yard stare you always hear about, Man. like, old, you know, old war vets. Like, they just kind of, their mind is completely somewhere else. Technically, I th- that's why I think the time travel might be kind of a metaphor for that. Yeah. Is because, you know, you see old war vets or something, and they're just staring at nothing. They're probably back reliving some awful thing yeah. in the war, you know, storming a Normandy or something. Storming the beaches of Normandy. So, I would imagine, you know, even though he's going through time... It's probably like a play on that is that he's, you know, he's seeing other things that nobody else can see uh, because he's li- and also I'm not related to that at all. I like the scene where he goes to that uh, bookstore looking for, I think, a Kilgore Trout book and he ends up in the nudie section. Well, I think he just happens to be walking by and it's uh, it's the window grass dressing yeah. to make it look like a normal kind of like bookstore. And then when you get in, that's when they have all the smud. Yeah. And they took him, but he went back. That's what was funny. He did go back to the nudie section. But uh, that doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Well, uh, it, it, it's kind of fitting, too, because the story we've been kind of jumping all around of. Uh, but, like, you were you saying, like, there's a lot of cool uh, characters. Um, because the story just kind of starts with, like, him, like, Billy and some other, another guy and, like, some, like, scouts from, from the, from the Allies, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just trying to, like, make their way through some, like, you know, open, they got, like, separated or whatever. Yeah, they're just trying to find, like, you know, camp or something, mm-hmm. anything, just, to, you know, not, not the enemy soldiers. Um, they end up getting and, caught, though. Yep. Because they- of, because of Billy, they say. Because the one guy, the one guy blames Billy because Billy's having another breakdown again. He's so like he just pretty much, much wants to die. I think he just lays against the tree. Which actually, I think it's the first time he becomes unstuck in time. Yeah, because he because he even tells him to like go. Like he's like just yeah. leave. Yeah, and they they don't. Those aliens are called Tralfamadorians, and in the book they're they're just a hand with eyeball. Yeah, hand with eyeball in the palm. So they're they're weird. Also uh, that. Uh, Howard Campbell Jr., the American Nazi guy. Yeah. That was a weird character because it was he like a Texan or something. Yeah. He's like, but he's a fucking Nazi. And I was like, I'm getting some uh, weird connections with fucking modern America <laughs> right now reading this. I don't know. You see a bunch of Texans acting like Nazis. That's not cool. The, the one the one complaint I do that I do have that, uh, that I just wish that they can, it would only, they could have just been a paragraph. They, they never really explain how Billy gets back home on earth 
once he no. goes into the zoo. Yeah, because he does come break... back because he dies, so he he comes back from the zoo. Yeah, he went to the zoo in his like thirties or forties, I think. Because he was has like a kid. forty, I think it was like in a yeah. Because it well, it was it had to be at least forty because like it was after his daughter daughter's wedding. Yeah, but then he has uh like they bring some it was like a porn star or stripper or something there, and then he ends up uh, having a kid with her while they're in the zoo, and then. Uh, did it even explain what happened to her and the kid after? Like he goes back to Earth at some point. Yeah, man. I I assume that they're still at the zoo. I because he even says because when he goes to the smut thing, he sees like a magazine of like oh whatever happened to mm. whatever her name is, and he's and he's and they're like oh Billy knows she's he, he she's still on what's the name of the planet. Trans as raising raising his third his, his third his third kid, but they you know they never mm. bring up on like why did he come back? How did he come back? Why didn't he say that? Because he's you know yeah, because he seemed happy there. Uh, that's another thing. He always seemed content where he was, even though he probably wasn't. So the the train car at some point there was just like dead body. And they're just packed in there like sardines, and they're just yeah. a fucking dead guy, and everybody's shitting in the corners and stuff. It's terrible. They dumped the shit out the windows. Yeah. But Billy, he just like was just there. He just like everything that's happening. He is just kind of there, just going with the motions. And that kind of goes back to the time time travel thing. Is like he just kind of goes with everything. He doesn't. He doesn't even try to really alter time or anything. Well, yeah, because he it, it's he knows like it's already happened, so he knows like yeah. that's what it is. Like there's even like he knows. Like, whenever he's about to get abducted by the aliens, he has, like, an hour to kill, so he watches, what's it, is it a western? I think so. Or maybe, like, a war movie or something yeah. like that? And then he's like, oh, well, it's time, they're gonna be here soon, so he just walks out into his yard, you know, with some flat champagne, waiting for them to, you know, load down the ladder. Well, I think that's why he does the things, like, the way he acts throughout the book how he's just kind of, like I said, just kind of goes with the motions and stuff. And even when something very bad's going to happen, like he's going to go on the train and like he, they even go leading up to the bombing of Dresden, you know, everybody's worried they could die or something when well, he, he already knows what's going to happen at some point. I mean, he had to live through it once for real, yeah. but even so like, you know, he knows what's going to happen. So he's like, well, I don't die here. So everything through the book, he's just like, Oh, this is this is the time period. I get if I could get in a uh, plane crash. Like when he goes in the plane crash, he knows everybody dies. He you knows horrible, and beforehand, when he's even getting on the plane, he's like, yeah, this is going to fucking suck, but I'm just not going to focus on this part, because I yeah. know later on, life's better. Because he's on the plane with his father-in-law, mm-hmm. and then his wife dies on the way to the... She gets in an accident. Yeah, yeah that... <laughs> very fucking depressed. This is one of the... If you really so look at it, it if, if Kurt Vonnegut wasn't such a fucking hilarious writer, this would be the most depressing book. Because everybody pretty much just dies or has awful things happen to them. Well, and see, and that's the like that's the thing. Like, not so much in the book, or maybe a little bit more in the graphic novel. And, and this not saying that I didn't like it, but like I didn't, I didn't feel like a lot of like kind. There wasn't like a lot of moments where I just kind of like just like openly laughed or anything like that. Because I was like, I remember always hearing like that it was supposed to be one like, a, like you know, a really funny book. It's like morbidly funny though. It's not which, f- which is that, yeah. which I like, you yeah, know, but I'm morbidly just... funny normally isn't something you're laughing out loud at. Yeah. It's not, like I don't, it's just something you go, Oh, that's like, 
it kind of tickles you in a weird mm. way. Like the graphic novel was funnier than the actual novel. Yeah. Uh, again, just because it was a more of a cartoony uh, art style too, which really lend itself to the story in a way that I didn't think. Like, I would think more of a serious art style, but that actually, I thought, worked. I was a little iffy on it at first, but then the more oh, I read, I, I enjoyed it. I think it, it helps uh, make some of the, the the worst things more palatable. Yeah, the subject matter is a little more palatable because of that. But uh, just like Kirk Vonnegut's writing style, because there was, like, multiple times where something would die... And it's, it just seems like it should be like a very terrible incident. Mm. And he just goes, and so it goes. goes. And you're just like, <laughs> like, I guess it goes. Um, like, you just feel yourself kind of either chuckling to it or just like, well, it, it takes the sting out of what you're reading. But like I said, if you didn't have, like, if it was just a story about Billy Pilgrim's life without the time travel and weirdness, yeah. it'd be really fucking sad. Oh, yeah. It would suck ass. You'd be like, oh, you got to live through fucking Dresden. That's horrible. That, I mean, the only thing I compare that to is, like, if somebody wrote about, like, the storming the beaches of Normandy and did it in a way that made it not as horrible as it was, which mm. is sounds impossible, right? Yeah, right. Uh, like, how do you have thousands of... How many people died in the Dresden bomb? Like, 25,000 or something a crazy? Lot. And the fact that Kurt Vonnegut even lived that is pretty wild because, like, almost everything was destroyed. Because I've seen the before and after pictures. The whole fucking city was just, like, rubble. But uh, again, he was in that slaughterhouse. Well, do you do you notice in the graphic novel? There's like when they first get there, there's a big two place two page spread of the town. Yeah. And then they, later on, when they get when they uh, after it gets bombed, it's the same two page spread, but with everything all you know all like broken and destroyed and stuff like that. Here's something interesting for you, and I'm gonna butcher this because I read this a long time ago. There is a famous story. I actually think this goes with our... Was it our last episode? We talked about parallel dimensions. Yeah. Like alternate dimensions. I think it would be more along the lines of that than time travel. But there's a story, and I don't think they were... They might have been Americans or Australians. I forget which ones. But um, I think it was like a guy in the Air Force or something. He's flying over the ocean. And he ends up getting like fucking lost or something. And I could be mixing this up with another story. It might not have anything to do with the guy flying. But just for the sake of the story, we'll say he's flying. And he ends up landing at an airbase or flying over an airbase that looks completely different or something. And then he, uh, he, I think he ends up, he sees like a picture or he flies over, I think he flies over Dresden or something and it's like nice. Mm. And, uh, or they got it backwards. Maybe it's like fucking, yeah. He, he flies over, like, Dresden or something. It's, like, this big fucking smoking crater of rubble and shit. He's like, what the fuck happened? Holy shit. And he tries and he goes back to base. And they're like, what are you talking about? Dresden's fine. Like, it was before the bombing. And then I think it was, like, years later, he, uh, you know, the, like, the bombing happened or something. I think I'm mixing that up with two stories. Cause I think there's another story where a guy, he, like, is trying to land at his military base, but all the colors are different. Hmm. Like, everything just doesn't look right. He's like, oh, I'm not fucking landing there. What the hell? And then he circles back around or something, and then everything's normal. But, um, shit, I should have looked that up for this. I didn't even think about that before. But, yeah, there's, like, that'd be fucking weird to see Dresden or any city. Like, say there was, like, you were in, say you were driving your car, and you go through, like, a fucking tunnel or something, and you're just at, like, the scene of 9-11. Like, holy fuck. And then you look on the news, and it's, like, 1999. So it's, like, fine. That'd be weird, because it's, like, you see the future. Anyway, so what do you rate Slaughterhouse Five, the novel, out of whiskey shots? I'd probably give it a five. I as well give it a five, and I gave—I think I give this uh, the the graphic novel a four. You know what? 
I'll give that a five too. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, too. Let's, if, let's if we're going half stars, yeah. then I could make like four and a half. Because that's what I was thinking with the novel. Like I was thinking like four and a half would probably be my actual. But yeah, you know, we just. Yeah, giving it a perfect five is a little, mm, but I, I'll give it to, because I really enjoy these. I actually end up buying that great Gatsby graphic novel just because I'm yeah. hoping maybe it has a little bit of the magic of this. And, and I mean, like, and I read the novel, and granted, granted the novel, you know, it's not that big, but I almost read it in a weekend, so. Yeah. I really like Kurt Vonnegut's writing style. The few short stories I read of his were really interesting. They are really good, so we should probably start, uh. There's a podcast called Vonnegut Guys, or at least there used to be. Maybe that's what we'll become, and we'll uh, every what do you say? Three or four months we read a Vonnegut book. Yeah, maybe. Not, we'll we'll look up after you know go off air what books he has, but uh, I think that'll be a good idea. Speaking of reading, what are you reading now that you finished that James Bond? No, you finished. No, James I Bond. finished James Bond. We're uh, gonna talk about this on the episode, but ended up a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Uh, the at the beginning it was a little tough getting into, and I think it was just because I wasn't really in the mood for a James Bond. But and you said your edition wasn't the shitty one. Mine was. Yeah, I didn't get all mine. Then I didn't have problems with it like you did. Yeah, mine was really fucked up for some reason, and it kept having that hyperlink, and I kept pressing it on accident and it would go to the website. I was getting really irritated, but uh, I because I, I completely forgot Christina Royale had that fucked up torture scene where he's getting hit in the nuts. Over and over, because I remember from the movie. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah. for some reason, yeah. I didn't think that was going to be I didn't think that, I thought that was just a movie thing. No. The, the, we, should, we should stop talking about it. Well, just one quick thing. The Daniel Craig Casino Royale movie was actually very close to the novel. Yeah. Which from, what, I was from, what I, from what I remember yeah. watching it, yeah. So, I will say, I enjoyed that. Maybe not so much of the misogyny, but other than that, it was pretty good. I, there wasn't as much as I thought there was going to be. No, it, it calmed down a little bit. He did call that lady a bitch a couple of times, but she ended up being a fucking bitch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, stay tuned for a future episode where we talk about Casino Royale. I feel like we should just record one without the British guy, and if he wants to do one, yeah. we could just fucking do it. Yeah. Uh... Because I don't know, he, he, and who knows? By then, we might even have more James Bond books read by then. You know, by then, <laughs> I'm sure he'll just reach out to me randomly. Like, you good Saturday? <laughs> like, I guess, Spencer. But uh, other than <coughs> other than that, I um I uh started to get back into uh Sleeping Beauties by Stephen King and Owen King. I feel like you're having trouble fucking finishing that. book. Well, no, I just I I it's just not finished the fucking book. It's not because I'm not enjoying the book. It's Sucks. every time that I'm thinking, like, oh, I finally get time to get back to it. Kid's like, hey, we got, like, three more things we need to read for the podcast and the website and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Just put it back. It's funny. I seem to be able to read my books and then read the podcast book. Well, without any problem, because you don't let me know <laughs> that we're reading it for the podcast. And you're like, by the way, Spencer, Thursday we're going to be talking about the Three Musketeers. So go read that thirteen thousand page tune real quick. <laughs> you wait until you're like halfway done reading something, and you're like, yeah. hey, Spencer, guess what we're doing? Guess what we're checking out? Because again, with James Bond, I read I almost read James Bond in a weekend. Yeah, I, I, it took me like a month because I would read literally like a chapter every couple days. <laughs> and then I was like, I need to really fucking read this book. I was only on maybe chapter 10. And I was just like, I, you know what? I'm sick of fucking reading this book. I'm just going to read it. So I sat down for one hour yeah, and finished the fucking book. And I was like, oh, I actually ended up really liking that. Also, it's because I've been reading all these mangas. 
while I'm reading James Bond, so I just keep thinking, like, I want to know where that's going. Because those are gigantic for no reason. Like, they have to be girthy. Yeah, but then when Sleeping Beauties is done, then I have, uh... Reading the Winter of Our Discontent with me, right? No. No, no that's no. your thing. Uh, Time Machine. Alright, right. And then your, uh, Coin Locker Babies. I think you'll fly through that one. Those that, that those were my five winner. Yeah. winner Let list. me know when you're going to read Coin Locker Babies and bring it over so I can pronounce the names for you. Okay. Because without the proper Japanese pronunciation, you're gonna fucking jack up that book. You're gonna oh, be yeah. reading it, and you're gonna every time you pick it up, you're gonna have a different yeah, who name. Who is this person? Yeah, and it's gonna give because there's a lot of people with. I think from what I remember, a lot of people have like a K name, and they're very similar. So. I'll tell you the proper pronunciation, and then that way it's easier to read. Like sometimes when I'm reading re- uh, fancy Russian literature, I I look I'll just look up the pronunciation before I even start because I'm like probably a good idea. I'm gonna keep fucking this up, and then I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna get irritated. So once I know the pronunciation and I read it, I'm like okay. Even though this doesn't look anything like that name, uh, I got the proper name, so I can just have it in my head. Um. Anyway, if you folks want to. <laughs> Read our work. Read our read our stuff. I have a newer story I posted last week. Controversial story dun, 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 about a time loop. Time loop. Except for the the kid in the the book, he gets stuck in a death loop. Bum, 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 the moment he dies, he keeps reliving over and over and over again. So uh, if you want to read that depressing thing, you can check out um. What was that? The Death Loop at drunkenpenwriting.com. Spencer also had a flash fiction a couple weeks ago. Was the name of that? Uh, that was also it, a time it, thing. It only <clears throat> it only ta- it only takes a little or something like that. It only takes a, just go to Spencer's author yeah. page. It's the last thing he posted, and then I actually got some shit coming up too. So keep a lookout for that. If you want to follow us on Twitter, um, send us memes. I'm sick of looking up memes. You send us me- send us book memes, funny writing memes. And OnlyFans memes. And maybe some Surge content, if you're feeling daring. Uh, and you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. At Drunken Pen Writing. Thanks for listening, and uh, so it goes. So it goes. I only say that because Caleb 2 just killed somebody upstairs. I heard, it. <laughs> I heard a loud thump.